I love to listen to my radio. Hear how it thrills me when I hear it go. Good morning, kiddies. That's when I think of you. When shadows fall at the close of the day, I turn on the switch and it starts into play. Hi again, group. Welcome into Radio Yesteryear for Michael Saturday's Surprise. And it's Saturday, the 28th of January. Happy slightly used year to you. Tonight it's going to be Burns and Allen. Nope, not that Burns and Allen. We'll have a couple of other people instead. We'll start off with Bob Burns. Now, Bob Burns was something like a throwback to Will Rogers in his presentation. He was kind of a hayseed type. Had a pretty good movie career in the 30s and 40s. Had his own radio series for a short time in the 40s as well. He was often heard with Judy Canova and Spike Jones. So he was a musician. That might give you a clue why he's still somewhat popular. He invented an instrument that was unique. And even though he's gone, the name of the instrument at least stays on. It was something that looked like a clarinet on steroids. And it was the namesake for the first portable rocket devices that they used in World War II, the ones that the guys could carry on their shoulders. And also it became the name of a bubble gum. Bob Burns and his bazooka. And this is what a typical program would have sounded like. You have to remember back in the 40s, there was a lot of rural population still there. And the urban people were quite often people with rural roots. So it's not unusual that we'd have that many references and programs to rural America. This is one of them. And fairly typical of the type of thing we've talked about with Canova and company. Here we go. who plays the bazooka, and that's Bob Burns. And here's the Bob Burns Show starring the man who loves that draft. Well, thank you, folks. Thank you. I know a lot of you people wondered what happened to me. Of course, I've been in the hog business ever since I got off the radio, but I had to give it up out there. You know, it's the uh, San Fernando Valley's kind of filling in out there. A lot of houses being built. And, <laughs> and uh, you can't raise hogs and families in the same neighborhood. <laughs> That's what they say out here. It's the California laws. I don't like those kind of laws. They, in fact, it's tough on a man raising hogs in the first place. The laws of this country out here of California say that you have to have a separate building for the hogs. <laughs> and it, 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 it runs into money. I was going to... Re- <laughs> you know, you know something? I want to be honest with you people, and also you, Shirley and George and Bill, all the rest of you on the show here. I didn't tell you this, but I had it in my mind I wanted to retire. I wanted to, you know, kind of get... A fella gets kind of tired working 30 minutes every week, and... <laughs> I thought I'd rest up and, uh, but I want to tell you, I want to 
tell you, this retiring business just ain't what it cracked up to be. I didn't enjoy my time. I'd wake up in the morning, I had something to do, and I never did anything. When you're, if you want, Pop always said, if you want to get something done, get a busy man to do it. <laughs> well, that was me. I didn't have anything to do, and I told my wife, I said, the other day, I said, you know, I'm just uh, worn out. I said, that 40 out there, the dirt was hard. We haven't had any rain. And I said, I said, that's a tough job plowing that 40. And uh, she says, well, I was just looking out there this morning. There hasn't been a, a, a piece of dirt turned over at all. I, she says, it ha- hasn't been an inch of it plowed. I says, I know I've been turning it over in my mind. <laughs> But I was gonna, I was gonna retire. That's a fact. I was, I was gonna just take life easy, and and it got so that that, that uh, well, I got kind of bored. You don't enjoy time, as I said. You don't enjoy the time that you have off. And finally, to settle the whole thing, just the other day I had a dream. Uh, well, I dream in the daytime too. <laughs> I, this night I had this dream. I dreamed that I died. And when I woke up, I was in the most beautiful place I ever saw in my life. It was just nothing but beautiful green fields, just about everything I'd ever dreamed of. And there was a man standing there with a robe on next to me. And uh, so he says, well, you've had quite a sleep. He says, I thought maybe you might be hungry. He says, I've been told to tell you that you can have anything you want. So I sat there and ordered a meal, everything that I ever wanted, and... Uh, so I says, have you got any, uh, got any fishing around here? He says, yes, right through that arbor. There you'll see a lake. I went through the arbor, and there was the most beautiful lake I ever saw with fishing rods in a case, and, and went out and never caught so many fish in my life, and great, big, beautiful fish. And I says, have you got any golf here? He says, oh, it's a wonderful golf course. Went out and played golf. Well, it went on that way. Horses to ride, everything in the world a man could possibly wish for. And finally, after I'd been there for several weeks, I said, look, I'm getting kind of bored with this thing. And I says, I, I want a little something to do. And he says, I'm sorry, brother, but uh, that's the only thing we can't give you. He says, there's just nothing to do. And so I went on. Next day, I went to him. I says, I've been thinking of this thing, but haven't got anything to do. I says, you know, I believe I'd rather be in Hades. He says, where do you think you are now? <laughs> Well, now, I'll tell you something. I, I often wonder, when I, when I think of, uh, when I see my wife out here, she does the housework. When I see her, the, the ease with which she uh, washes her dishes, and, and the, beautiful, the beautiful job she does of it with, with just no effort at all, it, it, uh, I often think how wonderful it is and how fortunate you women are to be living in this age. Well, I, I guess most of you have used that wonderful drift. If you haven't, you certainly should try it. I was just telling my wife the other day what a difference it is. When I went by, I do the dishes a lot of times at my house. I'm not ashamed of it. My boys do the dishes. Everybody but my daughter. And, <laughs> and, and you know, I was telling my wife the other day I, what a difference it is now and when I was a boy. I'm a little older than a lot of you people, I guess. But I remember when the only soap we had of any kind to do everything with was the soap Grandma used to make in the backyard. Well, she'd cook down this fat, and then she'd use a lot of lye, and 
She made this black lye soap, and that's the only soap we have. That's the reason why the bathing on Saturday nights came into effect. You couldn't take but one bath a week. It'd take a week for the skin to grow back. <laughs> but now, you know, the, you know this, uh, you, you, uh, you just remember that the next time you use some of that wonderful dress. You know, all you have to do is just put it in the water and you wash the glasses and rinse them. The hotter the water is, you rinse them in, the better. And then you just set the glass up and let it drain itself. And it will come out so sparkly. It'll look just like crystal. I'll never forget, I just wish we'd had draft back there. A- at home, am I talking too much? <laughs> <laughs> huh? no. no, I wouldn't say that. Well, I remember, uh, I don't know what you people are hired for here. You can't talk too I... long about draft, you know. <laughs> Boy, I'm telling you. But you know, you know, this is one thing that I, you people all are so friendly and... I just feel like if I can help you, I'm only too glad to do it. <laughs> and I remember when uh, when these people came back there, back home, back in Arkansas, to visit us, and, and they, they had gotten literature that we had sent out and everything about the sparkling water. Arkansas has, without a doubt, the most beautiful water, the finest springs up in my part of the country, up in the Ozarks. The water comes out cold and just crystal clear. And it's wonderful. Look at me. I mean, I was raised on that stuff. You don't, you don't see anything wrong looking with me. It's under the surface. But, but anyhow, anyhow, these people from the city came down there, and they were staying at our house, and, and at Aunt Boo's house, rather. And so Aunt Boo had the water around in the glasses all around the table. And that was way back there, you understand, uh, before dress came out. And she was using some of that soap at home. And you know, this old soap, the ordinary soap that you use, leaves a film on the glass, no matter how much you wash them. And when you dry them, then they, all they do is just push, the, just push that film around. And, you know, germs breed in that, in that uh, film. And you go pushing those germs around, and boy, they don't like to be pushed around. <laughs> They're going to come back at you, now I'm telling you. But anyhow, as I was saying... Uh, she set the glasses all around the table, and uh, so uh, so I, Uncle Fudd happened to speak up and says, well, what do you think of our country? And this city lady says, well, I, it's just delightful. She says, the most beautiful country I ever saw. But she says, there's only one thing I'm disappointed in, and that is the water. Uh, she says, the water is cloudy. And Aunt Boo says, I can't understand that. Why, let me see. And she went around and picked up the lady's glass and held it up to the light. And then she started to laugh. She says, the joke is on you, lady. Says, that water just as clear as a crystal. It's the glass that's dirty. <laughs> but now, now then, I'm, uh, uh, I, you understand, of course, I think I've said enough about drift. You, I, if I haven't, I'll come back at you again in a minute. Now, what have we got? Uh, George, have you got a little something you can play here while we're getting the show together? I think we have a song called The Big Wide World. We've got a real cheerful song. Oh, Shirley Ross. I feel can you real sing? cheerful. Oh, that's a wonderful. It is a wonderful world, too, folks. Are you ready? Yes, it's a big, wide, wonderful world you live in. When you're in love, you're the master of all you survey. You're a gay Santa Claus. There's a brave new star-spangled sky above you. When you're in love, you're a hero, a Nero, Apollo, the Wizard of Oz. You've a kingdom 
Thank you, folks. I know, you know, I like doing a show like this. I think this is absolutely wonderful. It sure is. I'm not, I'm glad you think so, too, out there. I can see that you do. <laughs> I wasn't checking up on myself. I, I quit that a long time ago. I remember I used to go around and give lectures, you know. Give, uh, I thought they were very good and uh, charged for it. <laughs> and I'd go around giving these lectures, and so I... Uh, one night, I thought I'd sneak out the back door real quick and pull my hat over my eyes and turn my coat collar up, and I was standing in the lobby as the people went out. I wanted to hear the comments. The first person that went by me was a very fine-looking gentleman and his wife, and she was glaring at him, and just as they got to me, she looked at him and she said, you would come. That's the, that's the one time. Another <laughs> <laughs> time when I... <laughs> what do you do when they lay there? Pick them up? And go <laughs> but anyhow, uh, but the people have been so wonderful me all through the years. We work together so well. I've stood up here and laid them, and you've sat out there and cackled at them. <laughs> but, but anyhow, there's another time. Oh. I was just going to tell you, Charlie, this time, I think I told you about this one before, but my first picture... I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. It grown in Chinese. It opened with a big flourish. And so I was leaning up against, you know, they got a wishing well out there in front of the, uh, in the foyer. And people drop pennies in there and make a wish. And I was there hiding behind this well, you know, to hear the comments of the people. A man came up, threw a penny in the well, and he says, I wish I hadn't seen the picture. <laughs> Didn't you play, weren't you going to play a, a bazooka number or something? Didn't I hear you? I am going to. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I am. Uh, George, what can we whip together here? Uh... We, we can whip Ida. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'd better... I'd better stand up for this, I think. It goes a little bit better when I stand up for it, so... You go ahead and play a nice introduction and I...
Oh, yes, say, I'm, there's something I fail. Thank you, Margot. Margo, the girl with the bossy voice is Margo. <laughs> no, you know, I neglected to tell you a while ago that, uh, about how this, how this, uh, uh, you mothers, I know that every time you send the kids off to school, I know you're just like my wife, you, you be sure that they have their lunch if they take their lunch. I always took lunch because I had to go so far. By the time I got back home, I forgot all I'd learned that day. <laughs> but you're so, so particular about the children, and you're so particular about the health. Well, I want to tell you, you'll feel a lot easier in your mind if you use drift. You know that that film, can I say scum, Bill? You yeah, know I'm it not. isn't on the glass, and you'll find it that way when you have to wash with a lot of soaps. With most soaps, you'll find this film on the glass. You won't find it if you use drift. Bill, have you got some flowery words you can say in case I forget something wonderful? About a hundred choice ones here, Robin. You see, folks, public health authorities, doctors have proved this important fact. Even dishes that look clean to you, to me, may have a film that harbors germs, germs that can spread sickness through a family. And wiping won't remove this film. In fact, wiping smears the film and the germs around. But draft never leaves any germ-breeding film. Draft washes dishes sparkling clean, healthfully clean. So wash your dishes in thick, billowy draft suds. Rinse them in hot water. The hotter, the better. Then let them drain dry. Dishes washed in draft dry cloudless, crystal clear. They shine even without wiping. Those dishes are healthfully clean. Thank you, Bill. I was just sitting here looking out at the audience, and of course there are more women than men in a place, and whenever I work in the daytime like this, I just want to see the men out there, all prosperous-looking, fine-looking men, and I wonder what kind of a job you got, men, that, <laughs> that, you, can, that you can come here and, and uh, you know, in the daytime, in the afternoon. Let, let me in on it. I'd like to get a job like that. I, I would, I'd like to know what, uh, I'd like to know what you... What you do for a living? Now, there's, there's a gentleman back there with the dark glasses on with the green collar. He's got a sunburn. <laughs> this is not the first afternoon he's been away from his job. <laughs> what the... Will you come up? Could I... Could you come up and... Could I ask you... Oh, thanks. I'm not come, huh? Somebody. Here's another gentleman with glasses. No, not... I know I'm talking about you. It's a lady, but... <laughs> That's wonderful. Thank you, my friend. As long as you're so nice about it, come right up here and lean against the mic. Hold on to it if you're going to get scared. There's nothing, nothing to get scared of. It's awfully nice of you to come up here, but I'm just wondering. I, you, I mean, I'm just wondering what kind of a, what kind of a job you have uh, that you could work here. If you got a, what kind of work you do? Uh, right now, nothing. <laughs> You don't do anything. No. Mm -hmm. Well, you have some kind of a line of work, don't you? Or have you no, nothing. You, nothing. No? no. <laughs> How long is this wonderful condition been for? Well, well, you did have a job. I don't yeah, tell me. Um, oh, a while, a while back I had a job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that, that, that's good. I'm glad you <laughs> what, what kind of work, if it's any of my business? Uh, well, the um, last job I had was... Um, 
working for a, a vacuum cleaning company. That's a pretty good job, too. Yeah, that's... Uh, that, I know, I sold them myself. <laughs> I know. I know, I sold them myself, and that's, that's pretty good. You're not, uh, you're not working at that now. Didn't you like to work? Yeah, I worked a uh, week, week and a half, two weeks. <laughs> Say, that's what you call growing up with the company, ain't it? <laughs> a week and a half you worked. Then you appreciate me being tired. <laughs> well, what, I would like to know. I don't want to be personal, you understand. I appreciate you coming up here. But just just how did you... Uh, didn't you like... If you like the work, why aren't you working now? Well, uh, uh, I had a, a kind of a psychology worked out on this vacuum cleaning deal. Yeah. You know, when you, you go up to the house and knock on the door of the vacuum cleaner in your hand, these women won't let you in. No, I know that. So uh, I used to... Drive up and leave the vacuum in my car, and then I'd go up and knock on the door and and uh, get an interview that way. You see, and I'd get inside and and I'd talk to these women and get their old vacuum cleaner out and demonstrate for that. And then I showed them how bad it was, and I said, "Now wait a minute, I got a good one. I'm going to show you." And I'd go back out in my car and get the vacuum cleaner. Oh, oh, yeah, that's a sneaking idea. <laughs> worked out pretty good too. Yeah, but look, if it worked out good, I mean, what I'm trying to get at, why aren't you working now? Why oh. did you give it up? Well, uh, one time I went up to a woman's house, knocked on the door and got this interview and went inside, and while I was in there talking to her, her husband came home and I didn't have any vacuum cleaners. Oh! <laughs> oh, brother. Yeah, well... <laughs> oh, man, well... Well, look, it... I don't, I don't quite get to... Are you married? Yeah, uh-huh, I'm married. Mm-hmm. Does your wife work? Well, uh, yeah, she, uh, uh, we've kind of got a, a working agreement, you see. Uh, when I'm not working, uh, she goes out and gets the job. So. Oh, I... <laughs> well, geez, I'm awfully... <laughs> I'm awfully glad you came up. Thanks, Thanks. May I interrupt again, Robin? Yeah. I think maybe our audience would like to hear about our sponsored product. Is it time already? <laughs> well, I declare I didn't know it was I didn't know it was time to uh, to to of course there's nothing in the world I'd rather do than uh, than talk about the sponsor's product. There's one thing though that uh, I the thing that gets me is why you have to when you have such a wonderful product. The thing is why you have to keep telling the people all the time because it's you you would you people all you have to do is just use this product once. That's all. That is spick and span. That's for your floors. That lady over here says, oh, yes, she has used it. I know that most of you have. Uh, but uh, you know that it is, without a doubt, the easiest thing. You take you husbands that, that uh, listening in and you husbands here. If your wife doesn't have spick and span, for goodness sake, go out and get it because, because uh, we're the ones that have to do the floors. Now, I'm telling you, that's, that's right. I, uh, I, I do a lot of the work around the house, and, and this spick and span, there's nothing will clean a floor like spick and span. And it's so easy to apply, and it's good for, uh, well, it's good for the woodwork. It's good for almost anything. The furniture, you know how the kids scuff up the, uh, how they scuff up the, the baseboards with their feet? Uh, uh, and you put it on the on the linoleum, and it just and go over it, and it just shines, just as oh, it's the most beautiful job, and it's so easy. That's the part I like about it. It's so easy to do. Bill, you don't uh, uh, the spick and span. You don't. It, 
You, you, I, you see, I'm not educated. I, there's a lot of this, there's a, there's a lot of this, uh, the words here. The only thing I know is just the actual practice, the, how, how nice it is to use. But when it comes to the flowery words, we've got an elocutionist on the show here. Bill, go ahead and elocute for us. Well, believe me, you'll find Spick and Span clean so much faster, does such a perfect job, you'll want to use it not just for linoleum, but for everything else that you clean. Woodwork, walls, porcelain, tile. Finger marks around the light switches. Kick marks, you know, on the stairs and the baseboards. No soap, no other cleaner. Nothing in America cleans like Spick and Span. So get a box today. For extra economy, get the big new household size. Robin, would it bother you terribly if I sang another song? Well, Shelly, you know, I've always... That's the only reason... Would you mind? Well, you don't think I've had you on the show for you years know, to entertain I'm... the people, do you? <laughs> there's one I'm just crazy about. Um, uh, cruising down the river. Do you like that one? Oh, you that's like a that? wonderful song. Cruising down the river on a Sunday afternoon With one you love the sun above Waiting for the moon the old accordion playing a sentimental tune. Cruising down the river on a Sunday afternoon. The birds above all sing of love, a gentle sweet refrain. The winds around all make a sound like softly falling rain. Just two of us together will plan a Quite a thrill in sitting around here looking at you there. You uh, not only sing beautifully, but uh, but I couldn't help. Uh, yeah, you know your hair looks so pretty today. It's, it's got a green, and, I tell you. And it looks so soft, and yet it looks springy. You know, so that it <laughs> you know it stays in place, yeah. and you can tell it. Uh, it it's well, I don't know. It, it just looks wonderful. I can't put it in flowery words. But you know, Shirley, you were singing a song. You're not the only one that sings. No? No. Have you any plans? I have a very sneaking plan here. <laughs> for this program? For this show right here. You mean right now? Wait a minute. We've only got... Well, that's all right. We've got... Uh, 30 seconds. We've only got 30 seconds, but <laughs> I'm going to do it anyhow. <laughs> what so are you going to do? Then we can cut it. Oh, yeah. I uh, sure, we can cut it. Oh, sure. I thought... But anyhow, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this thing. If I haven't got room for it, I'm going to... I, I, what's the use of studying for years? <laughs> and then not being able... I'm not going to hide my light under a bushel. <laughs> you know, you know uh, it scares me sometimes when I think that uh, a lot of you don't know it, but, you know, I come pretty near being a hillbilly. <laughs> and, and I wrote a number back there. I wrote a number... 
Because I, write, I wrote my wife a letter, boy. And I think it's a pretty thing, and I, I compose it myself, words and music. Not only that, I play the guitar while I sing it. You people listening in, I want, I want credit for everything here. <laughs> Say goodbye, you know. Time to, well, folks, I had so much to say. Well, we'll just have to say it tomorrow. That's all. Thank you, folks, for coming. Thank you for listening. Good night. There goes that man with the bazooka, Bob Burns. But be with us Monday through Friday at the same time for the Bob Burns Show. Brought to you by the makers of Draft. So there's the Burns part of the show. Now for Alan. We're not talking about Steve and we're not talking about Gracie. We're talking about Fred. You can't talk about Fred Allen without comparing Benny. They were pretty parallel in many ways. They both came up through vaudeville, had uh, great radio careers, did movies, and some TV. Of course, in Benny's case, it was a lot of TV. The main difference in them was that Benny's humor was situational, and therefore it's worn well. Fred's was more topical, and it becomes dated. Difference in their programming as well, that although both men were very generous to everybody, they had distinctive styles. Benny's programs, despite what they sounded like, were fairly well scripted, and he was a better editor than anything else. He didn't pretend to be a funny man although he was a comedian, and didn't like ad-libs. Once in a while, as you've heard, something would sneak in, and when they did, he was the first one to break out laughing, and then some. Fred, on the other hand, was more topical. As I said, his humor didn't age as well, 
But what I liked about him was he's more spontaneous. His shows quite often were cut off at the end because he would get off script and other things would happen. And it was kind of more fun. They both had good supporting casts. And this program is toward the end of the um, Fred Allen run. And if you're not a Fred Allen fan, I had to throw this in to soften the blow a bit because we hear Phil Harris in this one. When you call Chloe, she doesn't answer either, Kitty. <laughs> Fred Allen Show, with Fred's guests, the effervescent Phil Harris, Portland Hopper, Minerva Pius as Mrs. Nussbaum, Alan Reed as Falstaff Openshaw, Parker Fenley as Titus Moody, the DeMarco sisters, and Al Goodman and his orchestra. And until I start blowing the claghorn, my name is Kenny Delmar. Association of Chiropodists sponsors Foot Health Week. Tonight, instead of a chiropodist, we bring you a comedian who owes his access to his corn. He's Fred Allen. Thank you, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And Kenny, I'm happy that you mentioned Foot Health Week. This week, the foot is king. Are you observing the event, Fred? Oh, yes, Kenny. Tonight, in honor of Foot Health Week, I went on the Jack Benny program. I spent 30 minutes with a heel. People should, people should pay more attention to their feet, Kenny. You know, happy feet make happy folks. Yeah, I think a man's work has a lot to do with the condition of his feet. Yes, Kenny, I know a man who works 10 hours a day and his feet are in perfect condition. Oh, what does he do? He's a mounted policeman. Well, and he has no trouble at all? No foot trouble. He does have a few occupational calluses. <laughs> where? <laughs> I, where? Can he? <laughs> I said chiropodist, yeah, too. <laughs> I know. I, where, two wares are all right, because he has two ca calluses. You, <laughs> Kenny, I refuse to tell you I am no stool pigeon. If you think that I am going... Well, of Well, Portland, pull up an old participle, stop it from dangling, and sit down. This, uh, it so happens, is National Foot Week. Oh, Mama says chiropodists are paradoxical. How? Mama says chiropodists are the only men who make a living going to the dogs. 
Your mother should be here to hear how that's going. That's all I Paradox. <laughs> Paradoxical. Uh, that's some word you used there. Dr. IQ used it on his program last week. Oh, it's a used word, is it? I thought. Dr. Well, Dr. IQ has to use long words to reach that lady who's incessantly in the balcony. <laughs> Uh, what about, what about foot weed? Oh, the foot is lucky. Really? The nose gets the dirty end of it. How, <laughs> how do you, uh, how do you mean? Well, the eyes have movies to see. Yeah. The ears have music to hear. Uh-huh. The mouth has candy to eat. And the nose? The nose has to smell everything. Right. And if the mouth says something fresh... Uh-huh. The nose gets punched. Yes, that's true, through no fault of its own. But we ought to have we ought to have National Nose Week, Portland. The street sprayed with perfume, a rose for every nose except Billy. Show the nose show the nose a good time. Tell me what else is new, Portland. A doctor in Boston says women live longer than men. Oh, really? did he say why? No, but Mama says a woman has to live longer than a man to have the last word. Oh, how true, how true. Your must have, uh, mother must have been re- remotely... <laughs> I borrowed these teeth tonight. I don't know. <laughs> and speaking of painting, let's put two coats on and start for Allen's Alley, Portland. What is your question tonight? Well, this week, the Automotive Safety Foundation threw up a plan to reduce the number of highway accidents. And so our question this evening is, are you going to do your part to make this safer driving campaign a success? Shall we leave? As the old cuckoo said, when the pawnbroker wound the clock, I may as well start going. (laughs) Gosh, Portland, Allen's Alley is as quiet as a mink molting on a pile of peach fuzz. (laughs) I wonder if the senator is back from Dallas yet. Let's knock. Somebody, I'll say, somebody not. Well, Senator Claghorn. Yeah, I just got back. I just got back from Texas, son. Why, you're, you're all dusty. Yeah, no, I ain't brushing my clothes. That's southern dust. But I, I'd rather eat the soil of the South than Yankee pastry. Well, tell me, uh, how was your reception? Claghorn Day was the biggest thing Dallas has seen since the last Major Bowles unit was stranded there. Bigger than that, what happened? Well, they gave me a big watermelon barbecue. What a sight. Really? 2,000 Texans with their faces buried in watermelon. Gosh. You could hear the sucking from Dallas clean to Little Rock. (laughs) (laughs) What happened after the dinner? There was an all-star radio program over the entire Rebel Network. Really? Who was on the radio show? Big Southern Band, Swing and Sway with Henry Clay. (laughs) Yes? Then that Southern opera singer, Lily Pone. (laughs) Lily Pone? Yeah, Lily sang Carry Me Back to Old Louisiana. Now, wait a minute. Isn't that Carry Me Back to Old Virginia? Lily got two on call. She had to keep on carrying. Tell me, what, uh, what else happened? When I closed the program with a short eight-hour talk, <laughs> filibuster that is. Well, this is all mighty interesting in a sordid way, Senator. But what about this campaign to cut down automobile accidents? The South is, I say, the South is prepared, son. We're eliminating the automobile entirely. 
Eliminating the automobile in the South? How? Well, if a man has a 40-horsepower car, he turns in his car. Yes? The state gives him 40 mules. 40 mules. 60 horsepower, 60 mules. Yeah. 80. But the, uh, the whole South will be flooded with mules. How can you control the traffic? We'll import a northerner for a traffic cop. You mean a northerner can handle mules? It takes one jackass to tell another jackass where to go. No. <laughs> Well, that's, uh, that's a hybrid horse on me, I guess. Let's try Mr. Moody's door. Howdy, bub. <laughs> Warm weather is here, Mr. Moody. Isn't it time to get out your fly swatter? Oh, I don't need no fly swatter. Well, how do you keep the flies off you? I got a spider hiding under my lapel. Oh. Yes, sir. Let a fly land on me. That spider's got him quicker than a baby snake can coil. Oh, I see. In fly time, that spider's running over me like syrup over a hot waffle. What's that? <laughs> Tell me, Mr. Moody, what about this new drive to reduce automobile accidents? Uh, most drivers try to make every road to Death Valley. Well, do you have any trouble? Yes, one big car hit my billy goat. And after the accident? That car was the only Lincoln I ever saw with a beard on it. <laughs> I see. And then a truck... Truck hit my prize pig and rendered him. Rendered him? For two miles, the road want nothing but lard. The pig disappeared completely? Well, I give a hog call to make sure. And after you gave the hog call? Four pig's feet come walking in the yard. Just four pig's feet? They was limping. Well, you... <laughs> you certainly had your troubles with speeding motorists. Yeah, last Sunday was the worst. What happened? Well, I had 300 hens and one rooster. And? Rooster got out on the road. Zip! Feathers and giblets. Your only rooster was gone? Yep. Today I got 300 hens in mourning. Now, what makes you think your hens are in mourning? They're laying eggs with black yolks. So long, boys. <laughs> well, I guess without his rooster, Mr. Moody has nothing to crow about. Well, let's see what happens next door here. No. Mrs. Nussbaum. You were expecting maybe Lum and Abby? <laughs> Tell me, Mrs. Ann, have you heard about this campaign to cut down automobile accidents? In the campaign, I'm participating. Participating how? I'm writing slogans. Safety slogans? What are they? Driving slowly in your sliver, you will be a longer liver. Good. Whether your name is Pincus or Myers, check the brakes, likewise the tires. Very good, Thank very you. good. Driving fast when it is hazy, you'll be pushing up a daisy. Say, <laughs> how do you know so much about cars? Well, when I am a young girl, sweet 16 and never. Uh huh. <laughs> Pierre and a fat bear cat is driving by. Yeah. Uh, through the goggles, he is winking. Through the goggles, eh? And that started your romance? In a used Essex, the rumble seat, Pierre is courting me. Yeah. In a second-hand Chevy kneeling down, he is proposing. Good. In an old hotmobile with the top up, we are getting married. And since you've been married? Every week in all kinds cars, Buicks, Hudsons, and Cadillacs as we are riding. Now, wait a minute. Who owns all of these cars? My husband, Pierre. 
cars he is owning by the hundreds. The heir owns hundreds of cars. Who do you think is the smiling Irishman? <laughs> Well, that leaves us just one more shanty to investigate. A single knock upon my door and Paul Stav's here to do his chores. <laughs> you have new poems this evening, of course. As well you know, sire. Yeah. As hast heard, they pinched the hot dog vendor. Someone called a cop. He had the mustard in the middle and the pickle on top. <laughs> no. Or uh, what are you hiding, said the kangaroo. The squirrel answered, nuts to you? No. How about this? Mother is singing. She's happy and gay. For the warden made her a trustee today. Now, in the game of life, you are a foul ball. Tonight, we are discussing the campaign to reduce automobile accidents. My poem is ready. And what is your epic of prevention called? My motoring problems are over. How does it go? My motoring problems are over, but I warn all folks who drive... Certain precautions must be taken if a car owner hopes to survive. Take it easy on the highway. At the wheel, use common sense. Have your car checked on occasion. You'll avoid all accidents. Never speed. Don't be a road hog. Don't drive with one arm round your girly. Better late to where you're going than to meet St. Peter ten years early. <laughs> Advice to others I give freely. Lucky me, I bask in clover. The finance company called this morning, so my motoring problems now are over. And as Paul Stamp throws his roadmap to an admirer, we turn to greet the five DeMarco sisters, accompanied by Maestro Al Goodman and the men Toscanini left behind when he returned to Italy. The, De the DeMarco scene coaxed me a little bit. fragment of They Say It's Wonderful, played by Aloha Goodman and his pineapple picking poppers from Passaic. <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen... Mr. Alice. Yes, Portland? This note just came for you. Oh, a note? It looks mysterious. It's signed Mr. X. Mr. X? Let me see. Why, this is from Phil Harris, Portland. X is his signature. <laughs> when, when Phil is incognito, he makes a triangle. <laughs> What does the note say? I, I don't know. Who can tell? Look at it. It's all X's here. 
At the bottom, it's stamped very E-R-G-U-N-T. Urgent. Oh, very urgent, I guess it is. Do you think Jack Benny knows Phil wrote you? How would he know? Benny can't read. <laughs> he just wears glasses to keep out of fights. <laughs> Benny thinks the only letters in the alphabet are L-S-M-F-T. He's never heard of A-B in the early one. I've seen, you know, that I... Maybe Phil now. They had better be, or the rest of the program will be nothing but Crosby records. <laughs> Come in. Well, open my mouth and pour down a gallon if it ain't my baggy-eyed pal, Frederick Allen. Phil Harris. <laughs> Phil, I, uh... <laughs> Phil, I have your note here. What is this urgent business? Well, Frederick, I'm desperate, and you've got to help me. What is your dilemma? Fred... You gotta get me on information, please. You on information, please? Well, why not? Well, Phil, you don't see Red Skelton trying to get on the Chicago round table. <laughs> Listen, Fred, did you hear our program last Sunday? Now we was matched against them quiz kids and we won six to three. I'm ready for the big time now. I want them big boys. <laughs> But, Phil, the men on information, please, are geniuses. What geniuses? <laughs> I've seen their pictures. They look dead. They look like dopes. Dopes? Why, Phil, those three guys alone have enough gray matter to paint both sides of the big mo. I don't care. There must be some ways of getting on that show. Well, one way is to have intelligence and brains. What's the other way? The way you got on. <laughs> Now, look, Phil. I got enough gold, though. Just tell me what guy you pay off. I'll lay it on there. <laughs> Phil, you wouldn't even have a chance on information, please. Oh, yeah? If I start throwing hyphens around on that show, I'll drive them palookas crazy. But, Phil... I ain't so dumb. I got questions. Who wrote Shakespeare? <laughs> Who? Max Beth. <laughs> That's true. Now, who's the father of geometry? Who? Some square. <laughs> now, who invented the first yo-yo? Who? The same guy that found the lost cord. Phil, <laughs> take a friend's advice. You are not ready for information, please. Who ain't? I can raise my hand, can I? <laughs> but you've been working with Jack Benny. Ignorance is catching. He's a carrier. Wait a minute, Fred. Wait a minute now. I don't want to hear no slurs on my employer. Now, Jackson's got a heart as big as his head. Yes, and he has more hair on his heart than he has on his head. <laughs> Tell me, Phil, how was your trip from Hollywood? How was the train? What train? Uh, you mean Benny made you travel by bus? Not careful old Benny, no, sir. He told me that this time of year, buses was dangerous. <laughs> Well, how did you get to New York? Well, look, out in California, Jackson took me down to the Lincoln Highway. Yes? He handed me an orange and said, start walking. Start walking with the orange? That's right. He said, when people start coming up to you and saying, where did you get that yellow tennis ball? You're out of California. Keep going east. <laughs> well, now that you're here, I hope Benny found you a nice hotel room. Well, it ain't bad, but the chambermaid sweeps all the dirt under the carpet. It's bad, eh? Murder. To get to the bed, I gotta walk uphill. <laughs> Does your room have a nice view? Ain't no view. No view? No, the window's a mirror. When you look out the window, you're looking right back into the room again. 
There's no air in the room? Well, we got a little air. The house detective comes up every hour and breathes through the keyhole. <laughs> Look, Phil, what do you want living around in these flop houses, walking from Hollywood with an orange in your hand? Why don't you quit that guy, Benny? Me quit Jackson? What can I do? Well, you can come with me. You'll be happy on this program. Wait, I'll introduce you to the cast. Wait a minute. Uh, say, Fred. Yeah? Who are those guys sitting there with those uh, rented tuxedos? Phil. That's our orchestra. Orchestra? Them guys have got shoes on. <laughs> Now, look, Phil. Look, if that's an orchestra, where are the jugs? Jugs? Certainly. Where are the automobile horns? Where's the wash tub bass? Oh, Phil, this isn't like that band you have on the Benny program. These men are musicians. Well, then what is that guy down in front there? What's he doing? Weaving a rug? <laughs> Phil, that is the hop. That is the hop the man has there. Well, what are them other guys holding? Them wooden frying pans? Phil, those... Those are violins. Phil, I'll show you how our violin section sounds. Mr. Goodman, a few bars on the strings, please. Well, Phil? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. But, Phil... Somewhere under one of them guys is a jukebox. <laughs> You come with my program, Phil, and this orchestra will be yours. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, who are those guys sitting there chewing those black nightsticks? Oh, black nightsticks? <laughs> Phil, those are clarinets. Doesn't your band have wind instruments? Sure, six kazoos and a hot sweet potato. <laughs> well, I'll show you how our woodwind section sounds. Woodwinds, Mr. Goodman. Well, Phil, how... Phil Harris, you're crying. That was the most beautiful thing I ever heard in my life. You, uh, you liked it, eh? Well, I'm crying, ain't I? And I'm cold sober. Well, wait till you hear the brass. Well, wait a minute. Brass, brass. Who cares about brass? That's one thing I got in my orchestra, too. Brass? Right next to every one of my boys is a cuspidor. <laughs> But our brass section is dry, Phil. All right, Mr. Goodman. Beautiful, isn't it, Phil? Fred, I'm as limp as a buggy whip in the rain. Listen, wait till I tell Spike Jones about this. Phil, how would you, uh, how would you like to conduct our orchestra? Well, okay. Which guy do I kick to start him playing? <laughs> Certainly, and my band is Frankie, the guitar player. Phil, you don't... You don't kick anyone. Here, take this. Well, what am I going to do with this stick? Now, you just wave this little stick up and down and see what happens. Okay. That, that was me. That was me. I did it. Alice, baby Alice, Phyllis. That was me. Oh, oh, oh everybody. That was me, Fred. Now that easy, was Phil, Phil. Well, it was me. That's just, I know, I know. That was just a sample of what you have on this program. Now, what do you say? Well, I, I, it's, it's good, Fred, but 
Benny gives me jokes to tell. Well, you come with me. The whole program will be yours. You'll play music, tell jokes. You will be the star. Little old Philzy, a star? And what a star. Now, here's how your program will sound, Phil. The music starts... That silly so-and-so from the solid south, Phil Shut My Mouth Harris. Thank you, thank you. Hiya, folks, it's Phil Z again. <laughs> Tonight I'm as hot as the floor of a Turkish bath. Why are you so happy, Phil? Well, I just heard from Uncle Fred. He's a policeman in Atlanta. A policeman in Atlanta? Yes, he's a Dixie cop. <laughs> oh, Harris, if anything happens to Abbott, Costello has nothing to worry about. Well, Phil, I think it's about time to leave for Allen's Alley. Allen's Alley, nothing. This is my program, and on my program, it's called Tobacco Road. All right. Let's go. Ah, yes, it's so quiet and peaceful here on Tobacco Road, Fred. Well, it should be. Everybody's out in that play again this year. Yes, sir. But I see the senator's at home. A cottonmouth snake just come out of his front door running for its life. I'll now. Somebody else Harris is the name, Flaghorn. Phil Harris, that is. Yeah, I'm here. from the South, the Deep South. Well, I Where I come from, we refer to you as that stylish senator from up north. I don't know what the you... The only mean. band I'll listen to is the Dixieland Band. Now, look, My man, favorite I... singer is Ginny Sims. Cotton Ginny, that I'll is. Speak up, Senator. The floor is yours. Out with it. Well, I got a... Start blabbing. Don't be another coolie. Well, look here. Quit, quit you old bloody daddy. Why are you standing I'll don't peel a possum. Go Wait a minute, Phil. I'm from the solid. you I'm solid, brother. Hold your southern temper. You can't talk to the senator like this. You keep your big northern nose out of this, you Yankee pigeon bugger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Son, I want to shake your hand. You got a mouth after my own heart. Well, it's a pleasure, Senator. A pleasure. Well, Phil, what about the rest of the program? Forget the program, Fred. Forget the program. When two Southerners get together, there's got to be a song. I come from a humming family, son. Let her rip. Okay, Senator. <laughs> Black-eyed peas, the smell of them magnolia trees Just laying around in your DVDs That's what I like about the crowd Those lazy naps in the afternoon Old Jeff Davis and F.E. Boone The greasy smell of big raccoon That's what I like about the South Hit it, Senator The way Southern folks all say you all The way the cotton comes up in fall The way the bull weevils eat it all That's what I like about the South where Coca-Cola's home and fizz, where man can live on land that's his. With his plenty of money, Confederate that is, that's what I like about South. Now, wait a minute, boys. It's my turn now. Give me the Bowery where folks go slumming. New York girls so becoming. Where every house has indoor plumbing. That's what I like about the North. Old Broadway, those burlesque queens. Central Park with its grassy greens. Where Mammy's little baby likes Boston baked beans. That's what I like about the North. All right, boys, let's do it all together, huh? Where everybody north or south can get right up, shoot off his mouth. We're getting one another is all fair play. That's what we like about the U.
Broadcast for our armed forces overseas. And now it's goodbye from Portland Botham and Irma Pius, Alan Reed, who is Bob Staff Openshaw, Parker Benley, who does the part of Titus Moody, Kenny Delmar in the role of Senator Claghorn, the DeMarco sisters, Al Goodman and his orchestra, Fred's special guest, and Fred Allen himself. This is the Armed Forces Radio Service. Time for the Baxters, so you know we're getting close to the end. This is a situation I really don't identify with. Most of their programs, like a lot of us, I think we can identify with what's going on. This situation that Bob finds himself in is something I didn't have to face, or I could have if my office ran differently. It's the annual bring your secretary home for dinner routine. I never had to do that. Our group was more like a team and... I don't think I ever had anybody over to my house for a meal. We did do some slight socialization as well on our own. So it was different than the more formulated office structure that Bob had to deal with. But uh, the secretary shows up and, as usual, Bob gets caught in the middle. Let's hear him wiggle a bit. It's not nice to eavesdrop, but it's fun. So let's check in on the comedy of errors at the Baxters. On the little things in life. Brought to you by Ban Rolon, America's leading roll-on antiperspirant. What's the table all set up for? Good dishes, good silver, wine glasses? Oh, come on now. You know perfectly well Miss Perkins is coming to dinner tonight. 
Tonight? Honey, we discussed this a month ago. We decided on the date. I called Miss Perkins. She accepted and was all excited. I didn't know it was tonight. Oh, well, for Pete's sake, you. there's a hockey game I wanted to watch. Miss Perkins is coming tonight, and you knew it. Well, no. I forgot. I yeah. can't remember things a month ago. Well, My goodness, what's the matter? Oh, nothing, Aunt Maggie. Bob just forgot his secretary was coming to dinner. Oh, I think that's so nice. Yeah. I like Miss Perkins. She's a lovely woman. You are so lucky to have a secretary who's such a nice person and so interesting. Interesting? Yes. I think she's very interesting. I was visiting you once before when she came to dinner, and she told us all about her trip to the Dells of Wisconsin, which was so interesting. Yeah, well... I don't know why you act like this. I really don't. We only have her to dinner once a year, and you see her all day long at the office, so why are you so put out? Because we have to have her for dinner now, just Well, that's why. I do see her all day long at the you office. You have always said how marvelously efficient she is. Well, she is. She is. Heaven knows she's efficient. If she just stopped talking about her ailments and her dog Cupid, spelled with a K, as she always tells me. Well, I think that's rather sweet. You want me to make the gravy, dear? Oh, yes, would you, Aunt Maggie? Mm -hmm. Thanks. Now put the salad on the plate. And Miss Perkins has gotten on some kind of a kick lately about cutting down on paper clips, carbon paper, etc., etc., etc. Well, that should appeal to you since you're on an economy kick. But Miss Perkins goes on and on and on honey, and on honey, about... Honey, honey, she is engaged. She'll be married. Her husband does not want her to work after she's married, so just stick it out nicely, huh? Now, when she's married, you can get another secretary. Well, she's not getting married, apparently, until she finds me another secretary and breaks her in. Well, isn't that good, Aunt Maggie? The flowers in that cupboard, oh, dear. Oh, yes, yes. On yes. A second I shelf. keep forgetting. <laughs> Whenever I visit you, I just get accustomed to where everything is, and then it's time to go home again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad this is a long visit. Mm. And we have to start talking about Thanksgiving, too. And you know, Christmas. Yes. Goodness, I have so much shopping to do. How long do you think she'll stay? Me? No, oh, no, 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 Miss Perkins. Not. Oh, well, I don't know, uh, dear. She drives out here and usually leaves around 10. Do you think we should have invited her fiancé this year? I never thought about that. Oh, dear, maybe I should have. No, no, no. It's enough to have her. I really don't know why you act this way when she is so fond of you, so worried about you. She keeps track of your vitamins. She makes sure you have your umbrella and all that. Yeah, well, that's it. I, I'm fond of her, too, but... Oh, well, once a year, I guess I can stick it out. Well, your secretary is really a lovely person. Yes, yeah. yeah. And there she is. Well, you let her in, dear, and I'll be right there. Uh, I'll just finish making the gravy. Fine, and I'll get the salad dressing mix. Well, good evening, Miss Perkins. Oh, dear, I hope I'm not late, Mr. Baxter. No, not at all, not at all. Right on time. Well, I had to get Cupid's dinner and walk him, you know. Sure, sure. Oh, it's so beautiful here in the country. Yeah, let me take your coat. Thank you. Oh, Miss Perkins, how nice to see you. Oh, and so nice to see you, Mrs. Baxter. And so nice of you to have me for dinner. Oh, well, now we just look forward to it, don't we, dear? <laughs> I should say so. And Aunt Maggie's here visiting us. She's making gravy. She'll be right in. You remember our Aunt Maggie? Oh, I do. I do indeed. A lovely, lovely person. <laughs> yes, she is. She'll be right in. A uh, dear, perhaps Miss Perkins would... Uh, oh, come on in the living room, Miss Perkins. Perhaps Miss Perkins would like uh, something to drink. Oh, uh. just to Tomato juice or ginger ale would be fine. Uh, uh yes, yeah, sure, sure. Will you excuse me, Miss Perkins, for just two minutes, and then I'll be right in. Uh, the tomato juice is right there, dear. Oh, of course, of course. That's... I know you've seen my husband all day at the office. I'm sure you'll find something to talk about. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> I'll be right indeed. back in a few minutes. As a matter of fact, Mr. Baxter, we do have something we should talk about. And, well, I really don't know how to say this, but I am really very upset. 
What's the matter? I don't know if I should tell you about it or not. I do hate to be telling tales out of school, so to speak. Something at the office? Yes, yes, of course. What is it? Well, you know the copying machine. Yes. Oh, I don't suppose I should say this at all. No, no, go on, go on. Well, some of the people at the office, and I will not name names, but some of the people at the office are bringing personal things to be copied on our copier machine. Their wives want things copied, or their children, letters, recipes. (laughs) Well, I guess guess this happens in every place there's a copying machine. That does not make it right, Mr. Baxter. Uh, And considering how much that copying paper costs, Oh, I'm so glad we have some time to talk before dinner outside the office to talk about these little things. Yes, well, maybe we should just forget them for tonight, huh? <laughs> take your take your mind off the office. Oh, no, I don't mind at all. Now, you take the typewriter ribbons, for example, which I think could be used far longer. <laughs> For Pete's sake, what are you doing out here in the kitchen? Honey, I'm having baked Alaska for dessert, and it takes five minutes at 500 degrees to brown the egg white. Out of the way, dear, out of the way, out of the way. Wow, don't they look good. (laughs) How come the ice cream doesn't melt? Well, the oven's so hot, and it's such a short time. There, take the coffee pot, honey. Ask me. No, 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 darling. The silver one, not that old percolator. (laughs) That one, it's all filled. Ask Aunt Maggie to pour the coffee, and I'm bringing in the baked Alaska right now. This is the longest dinner I've ever sat through, with both Aunt Maggie and Miss Perkins talking a mile a minute. Well, there. Getting along like a house of fire. Now go on in. <laughs> go on, go on. I'm coming. Oh, go on, open the swinging door. What's the matter? You're marvelous. You really are. Knocking yourself out like this, baked Alaska and everything. Doesn't Miss Perkins get on your nerves at all? No, not really, but I'm not with her all day long either. Well, there's no doubt nobody could be more efficient, but this fanatic attention to little details. Look, is she'll be getting to... married soon. Now stop fussing. And please, will you get in the dining room before my baked Alaska melts? <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry to keep you waiting for dessert, but I hope this makes up for it. Oh, my goodness, baked Alaska, my favorite dessert. I know, Miss Perkins, and while Aunt Maggie's serving it. No, 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 you serve it, Bob. Aunt Maggie, pour the coffee, please, will you? Yes, dear, of course. My baked Alaska, so fancy. And, and, and here, Miss Perkins, just a little something for you. Sort of an engagement present. Oh, dear, oh, my. For me? Yes. It's a surprise. Well, it's well hurry not up, open real. it. It's a surprise to me, too. I can't wait to see what you got. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, it's so sweet of you all. I well. have fun opening presents. Oh, yes, and when you don't expect one. That uh, was very nice of you, dear. Oh, it's all right. Just thought you know we should have something for her. <gasps> a blue enamel bowl. It's beautiful. Oh, isn't that lovely? Oh, I'm glad you like it. There's a tiny little present there, too, Miss Perkins. Right there. You can't go home tonight empty-handed, you know. Empty-handed? But I have the blue bowl. Isn't somebody going to be greeting you when you get in? Oh, uh-huh. oh, oh, yes, oh, oh. Mrs. Baxter for Cupid. <laughs> yes, of course. Cupid, your fiancé? No, his name is Edgar. No, Cupid is my dog, my schnauzer. Cupid with a K. With a K? Oh, yes, yes. Yes, Cupid with a K. Cute. <laughs> Oh, my heavens, a diamond collar. Oh, oh. no, Aunt Maggie, rhinestones. Well, oh, Mrs. Baxter. <laughs> Mrs. Baxter, really, I just... 
Well, for me, being so sentimental, but it's so good of oh, you. Oh, listen, I have a dog myself, and he's furious when he doesn't get a present, and we're all opening them. The new dog collar is from Alex to Cupid. <laughs> <laughs> when are you getting married, Miss Perkins? Oh, not for two years. <clears throat> not for... Not for... Dear! <laughs> oh, no, Edgar's going to night school to be an optician. Oh, he's wanted to be an optician since he was a little boy. Oh, yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I just meant I've known little boys that wanted to be, you know, firemen or doctors or who were determined to be actors or lawyers. I, I just never heard of a little boy who had his heart set on being mm-hmm. an optician. Which is fine, you know, I mean, that's really Oh, lovely. yes, that's I... all Edgar ever dreamt about. And it will take two years of night school. So, Mr. Baxter, that's my surprise for you tonight. You won't lose me for some time yet. Oh, what good news! Isn't it, dear? <laughs> Bob, oh, look at him. He's just so thrilled he can't even talk. But he's really so happy, aren't you, dear? Isn't that something? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. As my some announcer used to say back in the old days... Well, there's good news tonight. <laughs> oh, that was Gabriel Heater, wasn't it? My, whatever happened to him? In fact, what happened to all those people in radio? Oh, they're coming back. Just the other day I heard a new show. Do you think all antiperspirants are basically the same? Well, ban roll-on antiperspirant may just change your mind. Take effectiveness, for instance. Tests have shown that Ban Roll-On Antiperspirant will actually help stop wetness better than most leading sprays. Make your own test soon. Pick up a bottle of Ban Roll-On, and you may discover what we've shown in tests. Ban Roll-On Antiperspirant, proof that not all antiperspirants are created equal. Hi, I'm Sandy Wright. In 1966, I was in a Miss Clearall commercial. Then it was, does she or doesn't she? Today, she still does. I love my hair. After nine years, yes, nine years of using Miss Clairol Cream Formula, it's in great condition. Terrific body, easy to manage, and if I have any gray, who knows? Miss Clairol Cream Formula. It's the hair color professionals use, the best it can be, at any price. Look for Miss Clairol to know you're the best you can be. The Little Things in Life, created by Peg Lynch, has been brought to you by Natural Wear Miss Clairol, to know you're the best you can be. This program comes to you from the Radio Playhouse. Now it's time for Daniel and I to take our departure. And uh, you haven't heard this yet, but Daniel brought John Bolia with him. And that's why we haven't heard from Daniel. They've been busy conversing in the corner. John doesn't normally come in to our MSS programs. It's nice to have him. He's been sitting quietly through the whole adventure here. Since you're here, John, I know you can never be quiet entirely. So since you've got the MSS audience with you for once, would you like to say a few words to the rest of us? Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble When you're perfect in every way I can't wait to look in the mirror Cause I get better looking each day To know me is to love me I must be a hell of a man 
Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble But I'm doing the best that I can Well, and with that, I think we'll bid you all adieu for time being. Daniel cues up the theme, and it's my time to say thank you, of course. And in the meantime, till we get back, probably in a few weeks, someplace or other, it's good listening, good luck, good night, and from all of us, goodbye. I love to listen to my radio. Gee, how it thrills me when I hear it go. <coughs>